And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Standard Brand Specimen Jars. Great for tiny fugitives, even better for Parmesan cheese. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Enrico, you would probably recognize that the avians use a hallucinogenic compound in their religious rituals. He completely envelops the container with the hallucinogenics, but then his body shrinks back down to its regular size with the large container inside of him. I'm looking at expanding the business of distributing the tears of the gods. You guys aren't members of the guild. I could set up a meeting and then you could get better prices on ship parts. The doll house has been broken into and the doll is gone. The doll was never there and the doll's actually the little person running the robot. Could have been a second little person, I'm thinking. You might want to see this. Somebody's trying to steal Sam Sillysome's spaceship. Hello, cautious optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Cayenne Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. And joining us for the first time ever, Beej! Hey, I am Beej from the geek to geek podcast and the Dragon Quest FM podcast. And we're so happy to have you here, Beej. The show started with just a few players, and it's been growing. We've added Raven, now we're adding you. By the end of this run, we're going to have about 27 players. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I think it's going to be real exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. But in the present... As we last faded to black at the end of the last episode, Rory Shand had just told a police officer, security officer, a uh, what she thought would be a good weak point in the spaceship that was uh, trying to take off without undocking itself and was basically tearing the ship apart. So the security team fired a laser bazooka type device at the weak point of the ship. There was a flash of light and now the exciting conclusion. An explosion erupts from the ship where the security officer's laser blast struck. The lights in the docking bay flicker and go dark. The bay is filling with smoke and the gravity goes out. Your characters start slowly floating off the ground. You see the ship door open and a man who looks like Oscar Toft appears in the door. He starts firing a laser gun into the crowd of security officers. Pew, pew, pew. They return fire. Pew, pew, pew. 
As shots rip through Oscar Toff's body, instead of blood spreading out, you see hydraulic fluid and other strange liquids. Sparks of electricity are igniting the darkness. Then, slowly dim lights come back online, and a very weak gravity field starts to pull you back towards the floor. Oscar Toff's image disappears and is replaced by the frame of a thin, nondescript robot, now scarred and broken. It collapses slowly as the weak gravity field pulls it gently to the floor. The police are shouting and screaming. There's chaos everywhere. And all of a sudden you hear, what's that beeping? How do you guys respond to all this? Who said, what's that beeping? Can we tell who said it? One of the police officers. Where are they looking? At the ship. Okay. Can we tell where the beeping's coming from? Yeah, after they mention it, it's easy enough to hear that there is a beeping noise coming from inside the vessel. Beep. Beep. Is the beeping increasing? (laughs) Yes, it's increasing. I think we should evacuate this. uh... Yeah, I think probably (laughs) leaving might be a good thing to do right about now. Run! Yeah, I screw everybody. Everybody get out. As you guys uh, are leaving the room, you see about half the security officers are leaving with you, and another half are running into the ship. Oh, no. As you get out into the hallway, you hear on the little security radios, that they're talking to something about, oh, there's a self-destruct initiated. We have to evacuate. Uh, you know, you can, it's kind of hard to overhear everything. And then one of the officers, the avian that Bama Shocks had uh, <laughs> patted on the, the hiney. What's Bama's character again? Hank. Hank. <laughs> Hank, Hank had uh, swatted this uh, avian lady on the hiney earlier. She walks up to you and uh, she says, Squawk! We have to evacuate. Squawk! The whole docking ring is going to explode when that ship self-destructs. Where's my ship in relation to the to the where that ship is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds bad. It's like two bays down. Oh, to the ship, <laughs> running to our ship. I'm, I'm running frantically to the ship. The avian calls after you. No, the whole docking ring will explode. Your ship. It's not safe. Come to the center of the station. Nope. I'm not leaving my ship. My tools are on there. <laughs> Don't blow up the earth. That's where all my stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> As you make it into your uh, bay where your ship is docked, you uh, you see it there. Uh, same same way that you left it. Uh, but you do now hear over the uh, the station's intercom, please clear the docking ring. Please clear the docking ring. This is not a drill. All people clear the docking ring. I'm, I'm about to. <laughs> With the ship. <laughs> I believe the word is jettison. <laughs> Let's jettison. Yeah, can we get out of here? Okay, you want to get in the ship and, and fire it up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm in there frantically hitting emergency protocols to emergency jettison, you know? One big problem you see is that the, uh, the bay doors are shut and you're not going anywhere unless you can open them up. Usually that's the station, you know, controller that does that. Is it a manual thing or is it like a digital somewhere? No, I mean, usually you you radio command or, you know, the station command and you say, oh, requesting clearance to leave. And they say, okay, granted. And they open the doors for you. What other ship is in this docking bay? In this bay, it's you and one really nice looking slick vessel that Rico had hoped was yours when you guys first (laughs) walked into it. (laughs) Does that vessel look like it has guns on it? No, it's more, imagine like a sports car, 
you know, it looks like it's very fast and it's very pleasing to the eye, but it's not for combat or anything, you know, useful. Can we, from this docking bay, access any controls that would open up the, is there like a, is there a, a, a console in here? You can try. I mean, you can, yeah, with your computer system, you can try to interact with the station's computer, but you'd have to have some kind of mad pro computer skills, maybe hacking skills, something like that. Could we not try asking whether they will open the doors for us? <laughs> I was just going to suggest we try and, like, hack into their systems. We go push them out of the way and go, get out of the way, we've got to... We've got to hack into this thing that you already have access to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could could we not just try asking them to start with? You can certainly radio the station if you want. I believe that's the captain's job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, so I'll radio the station. I also will, will look at Hank and be like, if this doesn't work, we're going to take that pretty ship and bust it through these doors. <laughs> Get this ship out of here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I radioed. This is uh, Docking Bay C. Open up the uh, the doors, please. Thank you. We're all fine here. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, uh, a very frantic man answers the comm, and you hear a lot of background noise as people are, you know, shouting and stuff in the in the background. And he he says, uh, uh, "That's a negative. Uh, cautious optimism. We can't open the bay doors. Damage in the docking ring has killed power to those systems. We can barely keep the gravity online. You guys got to get out of there. The 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 that ship that was trying to take off is is going to self destruct in ten minutes, and it's going to take the whole docking ring with you." So I radio back to him. If you can't figure out a way to open these doors, what I have on this ship will take the entire station with it. Let's get these avian people to help. <laughs> By lying to them. Yeah, what, I, are, are you threatening us? I'm promising you. There's nothing I can do. We don't have power. We don't have power to the doors. We cannot open them. I'm sorry. For your own safety, please. Either we, We're trying to deactivate the self-destruct. We have our, our best people on it. But if they can't get the self-destruct shut down, where you are now, you're, you're, you're doomed. All right, team. How are we going to get this door open? <laughs> Oh my god. Maybe we should go and try and disarm the self-destruct. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the door is the way out of this problem. Yeah, because our computer programming skills have come in such handy. I was so gonna far. say, well, good luck with that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless I can fly power to it, I'm out of that. I got nothing. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe maybe this is an engineering role. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Hank. Alright, so we'll run back into the other reluctantly. <laughs> As you're leaving your ship, you see Slorg in the doorway, and he says to you, uh, uh, What are you doing? What, what's happening? Uh, we have to get out of here. I'm trying to get my ship off this thing before the other ship blows, and apparently that's not going to work. So we have to go stop the self-destruct on the escape ship. How can I help? What, what do you need to do that? Engineering, apparently. <laughs> do you have you diffused bombs before? Do you know how to disable self-destruct? No, but my my cousin might. Hold on, hold on. Out of his gooey body emerges what looks like a you know little cell phone, <laughs> and using one of his appendages, he flips it open because it's a flip phone. Nice. Uh, and it goes beep beep boop as he says hello, Hoss. The camera fades out and uh, opens up on a hotel room where another slimy creature is uh, hanging out. And 
Beach, why don't you tell us what your character looks like? He is a fairly amorphous uh, purple slime. He he looks almost uh, flat a lot of the times and kind of uh, undulates uh, all around, kind of just uh, like all the time. So as he's flatly undulating. <laughs> <laughs> like a paramecium. Yeah, kind of. He gets a he gets a call on his uh, cell phone telephone uh, from his cousin Slorg, who says, "Hello, Hoss. <laughs> Come to Docking Bay A quickly, quickly. We need you to de- deactivate a bomb or something, or else we're going to lose all the ships that you need to transport your, you know, special cargo. And the whole the whole special cargo industry is is going to be ruined. Hurry." I've told you about talking about my special cargo on this line before. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Hurry. Mm, all right. I'll be on there soon. What do you need? You need me to bring anything? Whatever you, whatever you need to hack into a computer or de-arm a bomb or whatever. Oh, there's a bomb. Oh, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Hey, you, you have nine. That's not many. No. I'll hurry. <laughs> okay. Um, so Slork closes the cell phone as the camera transitions back to uh, your docking bay. And he says, don't worry. My cousin has a slippery from the uh, University of Computer Sciences uh, back on our home planet. He's very good at this, probably. Um, so <laughs> Probably. Probably. Oh, my God. Is he nearby, perhaps? <laughs> We're running out of time here. Not as nearby as you'd hope, but he'll <laughs> he'll be here. He'll be here very soon. He'll be here very soon. Why don't you guys meet him in Docking Bay A, where the self-destructing ship is? And I'm going to go to the safe zone in the center of the station. Good luck. Thank you. I guess. <laughs> as uh, as you enter. Uh, docking bay a where the self-destructing ship is i mean the whole place is a mess at this point and the ship itself has a big hole in it uh, but you still hear that beeping noise and there's two security officers uh, working the controls they're sweating profusely one of one of them's a human one of them's an avian and they seem like they're arguing they're kind of having a slap fight as they shout no, do it this way. No, Squawk, do it this way. No, do it this way. No, Squawk, do it this way. Oh, that's the wrong noise for an avian. <laughs> squawk, Slurp. There's, oh, there's a lot going on right now. Even the sound effects guy is confused. I have a question. Yeah. Are there any injured people around? There's an injured robot we need to go gather for evidence. Yeah, there is the injured robot. When the firefight broke out, you know, when what looked like Oscar Toft had started firing into the crowd, there were like a couple uh, security officers who had gotten shot like in the in the shoulder and stuff, but they were taken away to be, you know, treated at the, you know, inside of the station in the hospital area. So nobody's injured right now in the room. I run over to where the where we believe the Oscar Toft robot is. Okay. It's laying there in the entryway to the door. Its uh, laser gun is still on the ground, apparently, in the you know excitement about the bomb. Nobody picked it up or anything. It's still smoldering a bit. Well, definitely, I'll pick up the gun. Are there any tiny people, any tiny humanoids lying around? 
Uh, you know what? Make a perception check. Is that what it's called in this game? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yes, it is. I missed it. My perception is 12. I got a 13. Oh, okay. Um, you don't see anything that looks like a little person. So my goal is to see if I can, and I mean, I hopefully we'll communicate this to the rest of the people standing around, if we can drag the robot body away, because that's going to be evidence later if we survive this. I can help with that because I'm the strongest in the, and I will make a perception check when I get there. So see what that gets us. Okay. I got a nine, so succeed by three. Success by three. So you can see that in the skull of the robot, you know, the head robot thing. I don't know if you'd call it a skull when it's a robot. But anyway, you do see what looks like a little hatch that you could, you know, like push it in and it would open up kind of dealy. I'm going to try and do that. You hear what sounds like a a tiny airlock, um, you know, depressurizing as it slowly opens up. And inside, you see a little tiny man sitting inside a little tiny cockpit. And he's looking up at you, and uh, he coughs, and he's bleeding, and he looks, like, really bad off. And really, dis- he has a lot of discoloration and stuff. And his eyes are barely open, and he says, uh, You're too late! Revenge is mine! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Please put him in your pocket. <laughs> well, does he is he gonna know how to stop the? Do you know how to stop the self destruct sequence? <laughs> so obviously you're not concerned about blowing up with the rest of us. I take it. I had hoped that Oscar Toft would spend the rest of his life in jail, but that's not gonna happen now. But I'm happy to know I killed a Suleiman Suleiman and that Oscar Toft. Business is ruined, and the people who caught me will suffer. Okay, great. So, (laughs) this guy. All right, I think I'm going to hand him off gently to the captain and start dragging the, the robot into the hall. I put him immediately in my pocket. <laughs> As you put the tiny tiny man in your in your pocket, a new slime person shows up. Uh, Hoss enters the room, and uh, <laughs> there you go. You see this uh, ship, Hoss, that has a big hole in it and smoke's coming out of it, and there's a scary beeping sound coming from it. You also see a four-armed Matorb pulling a robot out of the ship. You see a, a human lady who's kneeling, I guess, right where the robot had been, and she just put something in her pocket. There's another human who's got the, like tools around his belt, you know, that look like engineering type stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a cat lady who is standing with the group, and she has a little data pad out, and she's frantically making notes. I'm going to go over to the lady with the data pad and uh, be like, where's the bomb? I need. To, I have told to get the bomb gone. Oh, uh, I think it's where the beeping is coming from. Uh, okay. Uh, do I know? Can I like discern where the beeping is coming from at this point? 
or is it just kind of generalized around me? Yeah, you can tell it's coming from a particular computer panel in the ship that is currently uh, blocked by a human in security garb and an avian in security garb who are just arguing with each other about how to, you know, stop it. Mm, Are they facing me or away from me? They're facing away from you towards the uh, computer console. Mm. So I will go over uh, very quietly to them behind them and be like, uh, excuse me, guys, I uh, I need to get to that. Um, I was I was told I needed to inspect this. Uh, the human looks at you and looks at the avian and they both step back. And then the human taps his little communicator and says, uh, command, uh, uh, bomb defusing expert, uh, civilian has arrived and they're going to take over, uh, defusing the self-destruct. And so, uh, officer Berto and I are, uh, evacuating the area. I was so hoping they were going to tell him no. And I was going to insist. <laughs> I it's okay. worry that would have just led to more, you know, <laughs> butt smacking. So, oh no, Hank's all serious when it gets serious. Ah, well, they are hightailing it out of there. Okay, so my four little uh, pseudopod arms like kind of pop out of the 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 blob and give them a thumbs up, and then kind of wiggle <laughs> all of them like fingers, like I'm getting ready. And then I just uh, start digging in on the console, tapping furiously, trying to stop the bomb from blowing up. Tappity tap, tap, tap. Beach, you're going to make your very first roll on this show. Yay. All right. And it is a four. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. And your computer hacking skill. Okay, so you spent enough points to make it exactly even with your IQ. So. Right. You succeed by six. Nice. What does that mean? Basically, what the rest of the party sees is, you know, there's the beeping noise and you, you can make out this little countdown self-destruct in three minutes and 13 seconds, 12, 11. And Hoss walks up and just goes, beep, beep, boop, self-destruct, cancel. Yay. So all four of my hands kind of pop out and eat two of them each crack their knuckles over the top. Be like, <laughs> Got it! <laughs> Phew, that was a close one. We don't have a great track record with explosions. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. We have so much stuff to talk about this week, so we're going to jump right into it. We want to start off with some lovely feedback from our listeners, and there is quite a bit. GM's Shadow said, fantastic. I love your show, and it makes my trip to work a joy. I also love GURPS, and it's good to hear it being played in such a fun way. GM's Shadow, you don't know how much that means to me. Up until about a year ago, I had a four-hour daily commute, so I was very grateful to find audio entertainment that helped me take my mind off the drive. So to hear that our show is doing the same for someone else is just awesome. So thank you so much for your comment. But GM Shadow was not the only comment we got this week. I believe we got a few new listeners. Number underscore plate underscore 26 said, Awesome. I've been looking for another GURPS-based podcast. The film re-roll got me onto it. I can't wait to listen. Starting episode one of Cautious Optimism now. Have fun, my friend. Welcome to the crew. We really hope you enjoy it. 
And finally, Captain Clyde 007. More GURPS content, yes! Yes, indeed, Captain Clyde 007. We are very excited that we're able to put out a new Cautious Optimism episode every week. I really hope you enjoy the show. Now, when our players aren't saving space stations from tiny, angry, murderous aliens, we're doing other podcasty things. First, we should talk about the fact that we're finally being joined by Beige. Beige is on the Geek to Geek podcast, the Dragon Quest FM podcast, and is currently working on some DND content of his own. You can check out his content at dmsguild.com and just search for his name, BJ Keaton. Be sure to check out his newest publication, The Dragon Tower of Candle Keep. If that's not enough D&D for you, Bamashock's actual play King of the Heel has two campaigns going each week. You can check out Rime of the Frost Maiden on Saturdays and Dungeon of the Mad on Wednesdays. Check both of these out on twitch.tv forward slash Bamashocks. As always, you can hear Kelly on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek and me on my podcast Geektitude. Not only can you hear Todd and his sister Alinzia on the podcast The Nerdberg Review, but Todd will also be appearing on episode 467 of Raven's podcast Girls Gone Wow, where they will be talking about the bits of wow they dabble in and why they enjoy it so much. And if you're a World of Warcraft player and are listening to this before Saturday, April 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific, Raven is hosting an in-game pub crawl. She'll be there. I'll be there. And my husband, Matt, who plays Zeke on our new campaign, What Is Not, will be there. So make yourself a Warcraft-themed drink and join us for some fun and socializing. And speaking of socializing, there is now a dedicated As The Dice Roll channel on the Geek2Geek Media Network Slack channel. You can find the link on the Geek2Geek Media website at geek2geekmedia.com under Contact Us. That's also where you can join the Geek2Geek Media Discord server, where there's all sorts of geekiness going on. So join the community and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. And you, of course, can still email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Or better yet, you can leave us a voice message. Just click on the link on our website, asthedicerollcast.com. Or you can check out our Twitter at asthedicerollrp or our Instagram at asthedicerol. That's it for me this week. Let's see what the crew does next right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. So I walk over to where you are, and I'm hoping that you'll disregard the uh, the small muffled cries coming from my pocket. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you need a job? Uh, who's asking? Uh, uh, my name's Rory Shand. I'm the captain of the Cautious Optimism. <laughs> that sounds like me. It's a, um, I, I don't know. I don't know you. Well, if you are looking for work, uh, we we'll be leaving here 
fairly soon. So just think about it. Do you guys haul any cargo? We do. Is this like a freight ship that you run? Because I'm always in the need for uh, special cargo to be delivered. That's pretty much exactly what we're doing at the moment. Mm, what are you hauling? We'll talk about that later. Right now, we got to go clear a terrible person of murder. Mm-hmm. Murder? Yeah. Why are you clearing them a murder? He didn't do it. This little guy in my pocket did it. And we got to tell these bird authorities. <laughs> There's a guy in your pocket? Uh, yes. But I am still happy to see you. <laughs> you want to put him in my pocket? I got a big old pocket. And then I just open up and show like the torso, like with all of my gear inside. Be like, I can hold him if you need me to. Oh, no, that's that's okay. I I think we're gonna we're gonna this this dispatch not dispatch. That's a terrible word. We're going to solve this problem really quickly. <laughs> but then but then we'll be ready to go. So yeah, and I think your uh, cousin is gonna hit a ride with us. So just think about it. Oh, Slorg's going. <laughs> oh, I hadn't seen him in too long. Let's go. I'll, I'll go. I want to see Slorg. <laughs> so yeah. So I guess unless anybody else wants to do anything else. We need to go collect our monies and clear a name. Should we check the ship and see if he stole anything? Oh, I didn't think about that. Like a doll? Oh. Uh, Rico has, like, wandered up into the ship and is just, like, poking around and, like, thinking about pressing buttons and just kind of, like, opening drawers and generally <laughs> pulling at things. You find in one of the drawers a uh, little tiny bed. And laying on that bed is a little tiny lady, the same what had been described as the galaxy's smallest person, you know, when, when this, this little lady was in the dollhouse that she found in Oscar Toss restaurant. And she was propped up at the time to appear life lifelike, and, and you might have just assumed she was a doll, you know, some toy or whatever. But you see now she's the same species as the little man in Rory's pocket, and she's deceased, and there's probably been mummified kind of uh, you know preserved so that she wouldn't rot decompose oh my God. <laughs> but uh she she is now laying on this tiny bed with her arms crossed over her chest in a more dignified pose and next to the bed with this tiny lady is uh, a bunch of little tiny data pads and and notebooks and things that are too small for you to be able to read any of the writing on them and stuff but basically, this kind of looks like a little little shrine for this little lady. Oh, it's so depressing. <laughs> it is. Hey, bring that drawer uh, with you when you come out. <laughs> We're going to need that, too. It's so depressing, but it's evidence, so take it with you. I feel like now that the emergency is over, Kyan would want to inspect the little guy to make sure he's going to live. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and let's make a medicine-y, doctor-y type roll. I got a 12, which my wild skill is 13. Woo! <laughs> that was close. <laughs> when I tossed him to you, you caught him. That was the... You, <laughs> you fumbled slightly, but you did catch him. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a really difficult time because this is... This is alien physiology in the extreme. You know, it's once you, once you start taking a look at him, you realize that even though he looks like 
a little tiny, you know, human, his physiology as far as on the inside is vastly different. Like he's not just a shrunk down human person. He's a completely different life form. And you've also never seen a healthy one to kind of compare to. So it's difficult to kind of understand how he's supposed to work. You know, like he has some kind of a little tiny heartbeat, but is it normal for his species? How do you know? You don't know what normal is, right? Right. But calling upon your vast medical skills, you're able to deduce that he will live. He's probably not uh, fatally injured. Okay, good. Ah, let me go. Let me go. Just let me leave. You've ruined everything. I hate you. (laughs) I've probably got some specimen jars in my backpack somewhere if you'd like something to put in. I am not a specimen. I am a sentient bean. I'm just like you, but small. Yeah, you're about the size of a bean, sir. <laughs> Not a bean! A bean! A bean! And you're a jerk. <laughs> I heard bean. <laughs> I hate you too! I hate everybody! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Such tiny anger. <laughs> tiny futile rage. R- Rico's just going to produce a jar that's got like some holes in the lid uh, and offer it uh, for you to drop the little man in if you want. <laughs> well, do you take it? Do you put him in the jar? You can poke holes in the top. I mean, it's got holes in the top. It's like a specimen jar. So she offers it out for the little man. Yeah, I think we put it in there because to get turned in. Yeah. Just to keep him safe and secure. Let him not, you know, escape anywhere. For his own safety. My people will go to war and destroy him. As he goes into the jar, it's hard to make out what he's saying. Cool. She screws the lid back on, and she's now holding a jar with a very angry man in it. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the show, Beach. This is all all perfectly normal. (laughs) It certainly is. All right. You also, uh, as as you're in there and you're looking around and stuff, you also see a crate filled with a really weird type of fruit that you have, none of you in all your travels around the galaxy have ever seen before. It kind of looks like a banana, but it's coated in something pink. And it almost looks like the bottom of it is a strawberry, but the top is a banana. And it's all really weird and alien. There's a crate full of these. And next to it is a little data pad that says, World's Most Exotic Fruit, delivered to Oscar Toft by Sam Sillison for 20,000 lopsies. I would like to eat one of these strange fruits. Of course you would. (laughs) Put it in your mouth, Hank. Seductively. (laughs) Seductively. (laughs) All right. Um, As you take a bite, it tastes sweet. It actually tastes really, really good. It's harder to chew than you would have expected. It's a little tougher than a, a banana. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's good, guys. <clears throat> you should try it. No. Is anyone else going to try it? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Rico is just staring at you like you are completely insane to have just eaten something that you have no idea what it is. Does the data plate say its name? It calls it a Nanberry. And are they in bunches like bananas or? Yeah. I would like to take one bunch, please, and just put it in my bag. All right. Add, add to your inventory one bunch of nanberries. Now, you guys, we heard the little guy in his 
rants talk about how he was glad that uh, Silmanson was dead. So Silmanson being killed wasn't random. No. He wanted him dead and he wanted Toph to go down for it. And now we see what Silmanson may have been selling to Toph. So what's the importance of this? It could be something poached from his planet. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. We've already established we've never seen this alien before and we've never seen this fruit before. The fruit tastes good. I wonder if the alien does. (laughs) Well... (laughs) He's in the equivalent of like a, a Parmesan shaker jar mm. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, the don't, don't make him sound tastier, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't eat him yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so you're saying a data pad is beside the fruit. Is this like a data pad, like a clipboard, or is this just something that tells you what's inside the crate? This is a shipping document, essentially. Okay. It's got a line for... Oscar Toff to, you know, put his thumbprint upon receiving the merchandise, that sort of thing. Okay. But he hasn't put a thumbprint on it. Hmm. Let's continue to kind of kick around in here and see if there's anything else. Do you want to roll another? Is that perception? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who wants to um, investigate the uh, ship, roll a perception check. I got a nine. I'll roll one too. Tell me if anyone succeeds by five or more. I hit dead on. Yeah. I only succeeded by three. Mm-mm. Three. Yeah, I got three as well. I succeeded by three. Succeeded by three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In that case, uh, you don't find anything else significant. Hank would be able to tell that the ship is never going to fly again. It's taken far too much damage from fighting against the uh, docking bay clamp and then being blown up uh, or, you know, shot at by the laser bazooka and everything. It's, you know, a complete loss. However, I bet I can salvage some fuel lines off of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could certainly make that attempt. Nice. Uh, so that would be an engineering role, I guess. Yes, sir. Uh, well, can our new friend help you? Is Haas still here? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Can, do I see any kind of like computer equipment or technology that I can uh, salvage off of this thing? There is still some. Yeah, the computer consoles in the cockpit area are still fully functional and everything. Are you just trying to find stuff that you could like? take with you to be of later use yeah yeah like taking parts that i would be able to uh, fashion together later and kind of make uh, hacky hacky devices okay yeah we could probably do that let's resolve hank looking for fuel lines first okay i rolled a 10 i have a level four in engineering but i don't have the number that goes with that so let's see how many points did you spend on it well what i did was took the artificer talent at level four so it got me armory, electronics, engineering, mechanic, and that was 40 points. So I guess 10 apiece. Okay. So the way this works, let's look at engineering in the instruction book. If it's a wild skill, it's whatever your wild skill is. Oh. So if you've got plus four to intelligence and your intelligence is 10, then it's a 14 not across the board. Is it a wild skill? I don't know if don't know if it is or not. Do you remember what book you got the skill out of? I'm guessing if it has multiple skills on it, it's a wild skill. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything for just engineering skills searching through the uh, basic character PDF of just engineering. There's bioengineering, but that's all I see in terms of like skills you can grab. Oh, I do see an engineering skill on page 190 of the basic set characters book. Hold on, I'm pulling up the artificer talent. Let's see what it says. Oh, there's engineer. Okay, I was looking at engineering specifically. Yeah, so this is an IQ hard. So when a skill is hard, it takes four points to get it at its base skill of IQ. 
So if you spent 40 points to get level four in Artificer, boy, how does that translate into this? Oh. Yeah, that's where my confusion is. It must be a wildcard skill, surely. It probably is. Well, if you've got level four... It is definitely a wildcard skill. Just found that. Artificer IQ. It wouldn't be an RPG session if we didn't spend 20 <laughs> minutes reading the instruction book. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone listening who's like really versed in group. She's screaming at their radio right now or whatever they're listening through. Like, it's on page whatever. <laughs> well, person listening who is very skilled in, <laughs> in experiencing groups, please email us and give us pointers. Because <laughs> no. I'm very interested in learning to play groups better. And if you can help, that would be great. Just be Just be nice about it, please. Well, if you put 40 points into Artificer... And he's got four skills in it. Mm. I mean, that sounds like 10 points a piece, and that would give... One level per skill. Attribute plus one. So, I mean, to just speed things up, we could say you can you have 13. Your IQ is 12, so plus one is 13. So you just need 13 or less to succeed. Okay, succeed by three. Super. In that case, you do find some fuel lines on this ship. They are miraculously operational and you know, not not super damaged. And uh, yeah, you're able to remove them. You suspect this is probably enough to replace the damaged ones on your ship. Nice. Success. Captain, look what I found. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> My credits are heaving a sigh of relief. And then uh, Beach, do you want to make a roll to see how your scavenging of electronics goes? Certainly. Uh, eight. So what does that come off of? I don't think I have a scavenging skill or anything like that. Do you have electronics? He does. Computer programming? Uh, is it right now? Oh, well, yeah, you're, that's all software. Computer programming and computer hacking. Yeah. I mean, I have electronics repair. I could assist him on the roll. So I assume it would be a minus four on IQ then. Yeah. And at that point, I would not succeed. Uh, if Hank wants to make an engineering role to help, is that what okay. you suggested? Uh, electronics repair or engineering. Oh, electronics repair. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Okay. So that's under the artificer. So that would be a 13 as well. Rolling is a 10. Success by three. All right. So as, uh, as your purple slime boy looks around the computer stuff and is coming up empty, you realize that there are some components, like a video card, you know, <laughs> in your computer. There are some cards that are still fully functional in the computer systems, and you uh, you pull a few of them out, and they look like they would work. Okay, cool. Thanks, Hank. You're welcome. <laughs> it's full of thumb drives. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> gelatinous bowl full of thumb drives <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm putting in my inventory just so you know gelatinous okay. bowl full of thumb drives nice. <laughs> sounds good when when you come across that in three months we'll know exactly what that means <laughs> I'll, I'll have a good laugh <laughs> about this time a bunch of security officers like 10 security officers enter the room they're wearing full-on body gear you know like uh, a couple of them have what looks like those bomb suits you know that people wear they just cover you head to toe and there's one avian 
who's actually flapping his wings and kind of flying up into the top of the room and surveying the whole area. And uh, as the security people enter and see you in the ship, they holler out, Hey, you turned it off? You you, you stopped it? I did. I, I did. Who's asking? Security. Who are you? What's your name? Oh, it was him. <laughs> I'm going to point at Hank with all four hands. <laughs> Sir, what's your name? Uh, Hank Crenshaw. Well, Hank, you've done us a wonderful favor. You've saved property and you've saved lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're a hero. Hey, everybody. Hank's great. Everybody. And everybody starts clapping and cheering for Hank, Hank, Hank. I'm going to pull all four of my hands inside and just go flat against the floor. <laughs> and I, I'm going to go, um, what do you reckon the damage would have been, financially speaking? Uh, we would have lost the whole the whole ring, the whole docking ring. Oh, it would have it been horrible. It would have been a big deal. So, yeah, I don't know, probably millions of lopsies. I mean, I don't know exactly. A dollar figure, you know, a lopsy figure, but uh, we'd like to extend our hand in... Gratitude. I'm not going to take your hand. I would like to speak to the financial department to find out what this was worth so I can know what a fair reward for saving this stocking ring might have been. Reward nothing. It's an invoice. Excuse me. I'm the captain of the ship. Uh, It'll be an invoice. Where's the financial department? (laughs) These services don't come for free. You all seem a lot less heroic now. What do you mean? I was trying to leave the whole station. (laughs) Just my ship. Um, Is any of the security that are coming in or or, or any of them the uh, avian police officer I was working with before? Oh, we were working with. Uh, yeah, yeah. You you see him in in the group. Yeah. So I motion him over to where we are. He comes over. Fine work, squawk. So we also have apprehended the person who was driving that Oscar Toft robot who framed. Oscar Toft, so he'll need to be released, and um, we have captured him for you. That's great. Where where do you have him? Squawk. So Rico's going to pull the jar out and shake it, like <laughs> shake it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor little guy. <laughs> He's criminal. Yeah, forget it. The avian security officer looks over at you in the jar, and and then looks back at Rory and says, "We'll take him into custody right away." Squawk. Do you have him tied up in the ship or something? No, he's right. He's right here. And I point to the jar. Enrico's going to shake the jar a bit harder and like push it right in the officer's face. <laughs> okay. The officer sees a tiny little man dazed and and dizzy and barely able to stand up. And I also uh, hand over the drawer. With the dead lady in it. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's upset about this tiny corpse. And probably rightly so. But here's all this as well. Because we don't need this. So here, you take it. The officer just stares at the little man in the jar. And then stares at the tiny corpse in the drawer for a good long time. To alleviate his confusion, I'm going to walk over to the Oscar Toff robot. Put my foot on it. Go, And here is his murder weapon. And he looks down at the robot. And he says, uh, Scrock, I think you all need to come down to the station with me. Uh, 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 there's a lot of questions I have. Scrock, did you steal that doll thing from Oscar Toff's restaurant? Did we steal it? No. What? The little guy driving the Oscar Toff robot stole it. Or got it back. The little guy 
Driving the Oscar Toft robot? I feel like you're not really paying attention to what we're showing you. <laughs> this is all very strange. Yeah, the tiny man in this jar was driving this robot. He committed murder in it, killed Silmanson, blamed Oscar Toft for it, and we think it was over the fact that Oscar had this tiny corpse in his restaurant. All of that aside, all we were here to do was to clear Oscar Toft's name and to collect the money from him. So whatever you do with all of this is up to you. All right. Why, why don't you all come with me? Uh, you can talk to my my supervisor. <laughs> and you can explain all of this, and we'll we'll make sure that uh, we'll get you uh, we'll get you some reward for saving the station while you're down there. Great. Yeah, this sounds good. Squat! And he taps his little communicator, and he says, uh, "Station, uh, get Officer Joe ready. Tell him to get a cup of coffee. I'm bringing in some people. There's a big." story he's gonna he's definitely gonna want some strong coffee for this one i'm looking at the rest of the crew like what did i say it wrong little guy robot killed a guy (laughs) i don't understand what is am i is it me am i saying it incorrectly (laughs) kaya puts a a hand or two on her back shoulder and says it's not you okay (laughs) it's it's definitely not you (laughs) i just want to make sure i just it's pretty black and white Next time on Cautious Optimism. So, uh, you guys asked me to come along. Uh, what do I get out of this? Peter Shen was pronounced dead on a planet called Galaganar. So, yeah, so I think we're ready to, to go ahead to Lorn to Three. Hello, this is Anya Brack. How can I help you? We do expect you, when we tell you to do a particular job, we expect you to do it. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at darrencurtismusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at comicbox.libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at msedwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geekmediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 